Hello, you are listening to Ponder With Me, the podcast to encourage critical thinking and offer a few alternative perspectives. Today's topic, love in all forms. We know the brain is made up of trillions and trillions of connections between neurons, otherwise called brain cells, and those interconnected webs represent our interconnected thoughts. A single stimulus can trigger a memory that is connected to that stimulus. A smell of cookies could bring back a November day playing Spyro the Dragon, or driving by a specific place can cause sadness or fear if you have an experience connected to the emotion and that place. Love can also connect with memories. In the brain, the more often a thought is triggered, the quicker it is to trigger that thought in the future, and the more important that thought becomes. It's the reason that practice makes perfect, and it's also the reason that the more you think about something, the more you either like it or don't like it, depending on your original thoughts on it. Love, in the most basic sense, is an attraction to self. And I know a lot of you are thinking, but love is selfless. And hear me out, because I do agree with you. The most basic function of our brains is to survive. Selfishness is helpful for survival. The ones that are more concerned with their own survival are going to survive. In groups of function to override selfishness adapted, love is that adaptation. We are able to recognize ourselves in others and therefore are willing to help others for our overall selfish benefit. Now that selfishness can be as an individual or it can be as a collective group or even a species. Love is reinforced in the brain by a release of pleasure, which is our brain's way of telling us to do more of that thing. And just like any other thing that releases pleasure, it can actually cause up to an addiction. When we are addicted to that pleasure and we no longer have it, we feel the symptoms of withdrawal. It's the reason that love hurts. The helpfulness of love is obvious when we look at examples like soldiers who believe no man left behind. Soldiers are trained together, they live together, they learn to love each other. And it's a good thing they love each other because they are put into a position where each soldier is in danger. But with the mindset of no man left behind, we are willing to endanger ourselves more so that we can possibly help out one of our loved ones. It's an override of selfishness, and it's the reason that love is illogical. With that in mind, let's see how love connects to more thoughts. And remember, more connections are going to have a stronger connection to love. Firstly, we love what keeps us safe. Our parents and our families and our childhood items or places that we connected to being safe. An extension of safety is prosperity, and that includes anywhere from getting food to graduating a university and being better for it. We love that which allows us to continue to live and stay safe and even be better off. There's a reason we love eating so much, and there's a reason that so many people love the school they went to, or the country that they are a part of, or their local football team. For people, we love similarities to ourselves. People are physically attracted to their ideal form. For the most part, the anatomical form is one that signifies good health and the possibility of a good future for your children. It's the reason that standing with good posture makes you more attractive to other people. It is closer to the anatomical form. 
People can also be attracted to similarities to their parents because their parents are already connected to love. And since they started out earlier in life, that is a very strong connection. We actually prefer a slight deviation away from the ideal so that we can have something interesting, but also close to ideal. That's the reason that some people like beauty marks or Owen Wilson's nose. We are mentally attracted to people who have similar experiences or perspectives as us especially if they fit into a role within the story of ourselves. We all know that friend who we meet and we think, I was supposed to have known you for my entire life. Where have you been this whole time? You have made a story that involves a person that you just met, and therefore that person is filling in with the role, and you are going to be attracted to that because you made the story about you. They are just filling in that role. It's one of the reasons we all think that we have a soulmate out there and we get really excited whenever we think we found that person. When we share anything, it's because the thought is connected to love and we know that other people can love it too. When a kid wants to explain to you everything that they learned 20 minutes ago, it's because that information gave them pleasure and they want you to experience the pleasure too. When someone wants to tell you about their favorite musician or favorite author or a favorite movie, is because they love it and it brings them pleasure. So they want you to share in that pleasure. When we talk to anybody, we are just sharing little bits of love. And when we listen, we can give that love back. As far as communication and love go, I divide it up into physical, emotional, and intellectual. Physical is any type of physical contact. It can be a touch of the arm, a high five, a handshake, anything that will stimulate both people's sense of touch. Prolonged contact causes trust, since the initial purpose of love was for safety. If you've ever hugged someone for a long period of time, you feel closer to that person. And it's because you are both forming memories of the shared experience that you are both in. So you can trust that that person most likely will not hurt you if this physicality isn't hurtful already. The most extreme version of physical communication is through sexual contact, and it's just a section of all of the possible physical communication. Emotional is communicated through eye contact or tone of voice or facial expression, and we tend to mirror the emotions that are being given to us. When you smile around a person that makes you happy, they will mimic that and smile themselves. The pleasure that they gave you that causes you to smile is now being given to them because their smile is giving them pleasure. Having a catharsis with someone, being mad about the same thing, laughing about the same thing, or even crying about the same thing, builds trust in the same way that physical communication does. You are both sharing in the same emotional experience, and you can be sure that they are the same as you emotionally, at least for that moment. Intellectual communication is any exchange of ideas. It's a really big category, and it's basically a person's personality. It includes the experiences you have with people, the memories, and the opinions of those people. We love the people who agree with us because it is, in a way, intellectual safety. We share the same thoughts and opinions, so I don't have to worry that my thoughts and opinions are in danger of changing or being questioned. It's a sense of safety for myself. Now, I have a slight problem with the current definition of a relationship, and it's based on those three types of love. We have the ability to make emotional and intellectual connections with anybody and everybody we meet. 
You can have tons of best friends that you love emotionally and intellectually, and even a little bit physically. In a relationship, as it's called now, that's usually when all three are being shared between two people. For longer term relationships, when one of the categories, either physical, emotional, or intellectual, is no longer being offered by their partner, that's when people tend to cheat because they are not having a fulfilled relationship. They're missing one of the three types of love. And it gets me thinking, if we can have as many emotional and intellectual friends as we want, as we can, then why is it that we seem to draw the line when it comes to a physical relationship? And a lot of times in relationships, a person's personality or the emotions that they can convey are more important than the physicality of the relationship. So why is physical the line? A lot of times we don't even try to explore new people emotionally and intellectually because we are already in a relationship. In a way, staying with a single person is limiting in all three aspects simply because we get used to having all three available to us so we don't seek it out from anybody else. This is not me trying to advertise polygamy, it's just a way of thinking. And if that way of thinking is one that makes you uncomfortable, that's understandable because we love safety and we love the ideas that we already know. So new ideas are going to threaten that safety, but it requires a leap of faith. In the same way that you might be willing to listen to a song that your friend is trying to share with you or watch a movie with them or listen to them talk about their thesis. You will not know if you will be safe afterward, but you take that leap and usually it turns out well for you. Love is a fundamental part of our brain. It overrides selfishness and it overrides logic. It's something that we want to share with everyone and we want it to be shared with us. And now that you know that everything you do already involves love, I hope you go out and spread as much love as you can.